So this is BJ. For some of you who do not know BJ, BJ has been a part of our church since how long? The 90s? No. I wish. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 10 years or more? 10 years, yeah. Yeah. So, and, uh, and so we're going to talk about Iron Faith and what God has done through that. But I do want to share a passage with you because we are still continuing our series um, on Acts. And we're talking about Acts chapter 2. So if you Bibles, you can turn there. And I'm going to kind of walk through Acts 2, 1 through 13, and then kind of tie that into how God's used Iron Faith and Waterhouse Church to, you, can, you see some similarities here of the first church and how it started and how we started to do what God's called us to do. How many of you, I'm talking to primarily guys. Now, if you're a girl and you like Hot Wheels, that's cool. But when you were a kid, when I was a kid, I used to collect Hot Wheels. I loved Hot Wheels. How many of my Hot Wheel people? All right, you have the track that you could stir up and it would shoot it off those. But in the Hot Wheel, I think there's a picture, BJ, uh, Parker. Now, this was my favorite Hot Wheel, the Pontiac Firebird with the flames on it. It's gotta have flames. If it doesn't have flames, it's lame, right? <laughs> no flames, it's lame. I love this car. Uh, you know, I don't know what happened to it, but you find another one, you give it to me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I, it was my favorite car because of the flame. It just looked cool, right? It looked good. And, and the flames on it just made it look faster. Made it, you know, I, I thought it was faster than everybody else's cars, all my other cars. I would play with that one more than any because it was my favorite. It like, it spoke to me. I remember when we went to the store to buy it, I looked at it in the package and I'm like, flames. I got to have this car. And so I bought the car. It just spoke to me. It spoke my, lang my language. It spoke to who I was as a person, or maybe wanted to be. I wanted to be the guy driving the Pontiac with flames on it, right, the Firebird. But it spoke to me, and I understood it. And I, mean, I say that to say this, is like, God has called each and every one of us to speak someone else's language, to speak to somebody else in a way that they can understand. Just like that Pontiac spoke to me, right, the flames on it spoke to me because it's like, oh, flames, I need flames. We, as people of God, we have something about us that just draws attention to other people, hopefully in a good way. <laughs> but, you know, we, we, we have this something about us that just draws people's attention to ourselves. And we have an, we have an opportunity to share the, our faith with them. And so we're going to talk about how Acts 2 is kind of living out even today. So Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 13, I'm going to read that. It says, On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place, and suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each one of them. So they all got their flames that day, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> it sounded good in my head. So they got flames of tongues of fire, appeared on, settled on each of them, and everyone was present and filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages that the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. And then at that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontius, the province of Asia, Figria, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the areas of Libya and Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, and, all we, and we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But others in the crowd ridiculed them, saying, they're just drunk, that's all. You know, as we look at this this picture of the church being started, because this is really what started it all. The Spirit came into the believers, and it, it caused the believers to go out and to proclaim the kingdom of God in, their, in people's languages, and they understood. We see this, this going out of the church, and, and as we see them moving out, they're speaking the language of the people that are there. And so why did we feel like we needed to, to launch Iron Faith Biker Church? Why did we feel like we needed to, to, to let this thing go on? Well, there's some things that we're going to bring out in this passage that we're going to talk about, and we're going to also ask BJ how God has seen 
some of that come to be. And so the first thing we see in this passage is they were all together. Like they all were together in this upper room, praying and waiting for this promise that Jesus told them. There's a little bit of ring. If you just want to bring the volume down a little bit, that'd be good. Um, there's, 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 there's promise that they're waiting for, for Jesus said, wait in this room, don't go anywhere because the Holy Spirit's going to come, wait for the promise of the Father. And so they're all together. And it's in those times where we meet together, man, where we're just refueled, like our fires are rekindled and we just burn a bit hotter. You know, that's why small groups are so important. You know, we, we need to be around people that we can just get on fire with, you know, people that that warm us up, people that show us the way, people that keep us, our passions lit. Man, it's in those gatherings that the Spirit really comes and, and moves. That's why we gather as a church on Sunday morning, so we can really build each other up and, and be refueled and re-energized and, and to go out. It's not about coming here and just hearing a word. It's about going out. That's what the church does. We're to go out and to go put some flames on everything, right? Right, right. So let's talk about this. So how did, BJ, how did the Biker Church come to be? Well, so, you know, Neil, Pastor Neil's talking about small groups and how important they are. That's how Iron Faith started, was as, as a Thursday night Bible study. And from that, we grew into a, basically a second service to Waterhouse, if you will, on Sunday evenings, because we kind of outgrew that. Some schedules were being changed, so we had to make a decision, and the decision was made, let's just start a second service. And so from that, we, uh, we, we rocked along for right at a year before we actually launched Iron Faith Biker Church. And, and one thing, you know, he talks about, you know, God's spirit being there and, and knowing when to do it is, is big because I don't know if you all remember, last year was kind of crazy. And we launched a church when a lot of churches were closing doors. And so that's pretty, that's pretty amazing. And that's just, it's just listening to the Holy Spirit and coming together in prayer and being focused on 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 God's plan and, and staying focused on on what on Jesus and what he has for us because Jesus has something for each and every one of us I truly believe that yeah yeah I, I agree and, and so it, it was just crazy because it started the Bible study just getting together well I actually started with the motorcycle ministry with the motorcycle ministry. and then just they were getting together on Thursdays doing the Bible study and it just kept growing and God kept blessing it because they were doing things in faith amen and there's something about stepping out in faith that just allows God to, to do what he wants to do. You know, it takes faith to do things. <laughs> That's why it's called faith. Right. And, so, <laughs> and so this thing just started with just a Bible study and, and a prayer together. And God called them out. Like they're all together. And then God called them out just like he called the people out. Like the spirit fell upon the people and he called them out. And then they were led by the spirit out into the crowds. And I think it's beautiful that, that Melissa was sharing how they do these uh, gas pump ministries they're, they're called out to these people and, and you know each and every one of you i'm going to hear stories all the time about y'all uh, man i met this person here i talked to this person here and and i was able to share jesus with them and i was able to pray with them man that's what believers do we're called to go out we've been given the spirit of god to lead us out and and this whole thing was led by the spirit i mean it yeah. really was and and, you know, we don't want to do anything as a church that's not led by the Spirit. So that's kind of our, that's art that isn't kind of, it is. it is. Our main filter for how we start anything is like, what, what's the Spirit saying? Is he, is he, is he really pulling us to this direction or not? And, and so we really ask the Spirit, Holy Spirit, what do you want us to do? And it, this just felt right, right, you know, and it just felt like it was the time. And so I'm going to ask you a question. How scary was it? Uh, to jump out like that you know it, it was scary especially when it come time to, to to launch the actual church you know it's, it's nice when you're it's like living at home when you have your parents at home and and you guys haven't left us but it's like when you send your kids out to college it's you know they're, they're ready to go but it's kind of scary when they step out to actually kind of go do stuff on their own I mean you're all you're, as a parent you're only a phone call away but as as your kid it's still it's still nerve-wracking when you when you kind of leave the house a little bit and you kind of get a little little freedom if you will on you you're making decisions now that affect a whole lot of people so it was kind of scary and then like i said when we launched there was a there was a, you know there was some stuff going on around that was kind of crazy and and there was during the pandemic started and kicking off and and it was like you know you just know when it's god when it works out <laughs> i mean you just know you yeah. know and you're like okay lord let's go you know we're off and running let's go yeah 
And so it, it was good, but it was, it was scary. It was nerve-wracking. Uh, a lot of time spent praying, talking, discussing, hey, how can we do this better? And, and, and a lot of learning. And, and mistakes were made, and we went on, and we picked up, and we just kept pushing on and pressing on with what God, God's plan was for us. Yeah, and it was super scary for us, you know, even as, as the host church, because you got to give, you know, the church needs people. <laughs> it's like, so we're like, and, and, you know, and there was a discussion with BJ. I'm like, BJ, you have no bag limit. What I mean is like, you can take everybody. It, it doesn't matter because, you know, because I know that the church, God, God brings people to the church. It's nothing that we do. And, and, and so I told BJ, I'm like, man, I don't want you to feel like you can't talk to this person or can't ask this person to be a part of it. Like this is this is a joint effort, and we're we're we are impacting the kingdom together, and that's scary even on our side because, like I said, we launched this thing in the middle of a pandemic when all these churches were shutting down, and we were starting another church within a church, a- and so you know we 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 had some people that have been part of Waterhouse since even when I started coming, and be a part of of iron faith and so it's like we're losing these key people and it felt like oh but it was but we knew it was god and we knew it was good we knew that god was going to bring it and i'm telling you immediately like god brought more people like god had them waiting he's like okay i'm bringing more people in and and that's what happens when you step out of faith god just god just supplies and there's something about stepping out in faith that's so terrifying i mean think about these people in the upper room I mean, it's already terrifying enough that what seems like tongues of fire you know, are above their head and, and God has put flames on them. And now they're called and then spirits leading them out into the crowds and speaking everybody's languages, different languages that they didn't even know. I mean, how terrifying would that be if you're that person in the room and you feel you know, God says, go out and start preaching the gospel, even though you haven't been trained, you haven't been in seminary, you know, you don't know what you're doing. All you do is you go out and tell, God, tell people what God has done. How terrifying is that? There's always, it's always scary when you step out in faith. And, and for people and for each of you, I, I want you to know, man, maybe the Spirit is leading you personally to do something. And, it's, and, and the thought of it is just eating you up. There's so much anxiety about it. And, and you're like, man, it's just going to lead me out of my comfort zone. And, I, and I'm telling you, it's out of your comfort zone. There's, there's that growth. Okay, God is growing you even when you step out of that comfort zone. Because here's where you're comfortable, and here is where God may be calling you to go, and there's a big gap in between there, and that gap is how much you're going to have to trust God. I mean, we need to trust Him with all of it, but this is a known part. It's like, okay, God, you said to do this. Um, we're launching a church in the middle of a pandemic. You know, we're already down on people anyway. Funds aren't great. Why on earth are we doing this? It doesn't make sense, but it just... God's like, no, you go, you do it, and I'll, I'll take care of it. And we, we stepped out. And so God never asked you to do something. Um, let me rephrase that. <laughs> he does ask you to do things that are, right. that are impossible for you. Uh, I think we, we think when God asks us to do something, we start weighing the risks out immediately. We're like, oh, if I do that, God, then... And what's this going to happen? What's going to happen here? Or if I, if I do this, then this may happen or that may happen. But, and so we start weighing the risks out and not really looking at who called us to do it. And I'm telling you, when, when the Lord leads you out to do something, it's not a risk. It's an adventure. Amen. It's an adventure. And, and, you know, even, and we talked about this going into it. I mean, if this thing goes on for six months and fizzles out, praise God, at least we tried something. Right. At least we did something. You know, at least we, we stepped out in faith, and, and it hasn't. It's grown, and there's awesome stories that are coming out of it. Um, and, and, you know, we're reaching people through Iron Faith that we would not normally reach here. And, and so the question that people ask is, why, why a biker church? So, so why, why, BJ? Why, why, why on earth do we do a biker church? Really cool ride, <laughs> yeah. right? There you go. <laughs> secretly deep down, I want a bike. I'm right. To right. Neil wants a bike. So y'all <laughs> keep that in mind. Christmas is coming around the corner. Neil wants a bike. Not Might a 10 speed, right? <laughs> <laughs> we all know that story. But God, how much easier is it when God calls you to do something that you already have your hands involved in or you're, you're already doing? 
we already had a motorcycle ministry. A lot of us already rode motorcycles. We were already doing ministry work outside the church. Now, we weren't necessarily doing it in here. Of course, we would invite people to come to church and do things and, you know, come and to, to the church. But we were already doing a lot of stuff outside the church. And we were already making relationships with different people outside the church. And what, you know, when you, when you started looking at it, a lot of those people weren't, weren't attending a church anywhere. And when you get to talking to those people, a lot of them will be like, well, I've gone to church. How many of y'all ever gone to a church and you were hurt by somebody? Okay, let me ask you this question. How many of y'all have always tell, prayed about, Lord, bring them in? Bring them in. Anybody ever done? Nobody here prays about, like, bring the people to church? You know, <laughs> open the doors, nobody. Well, that's a whole other sermon. Yeah. Okay? But listen, here's the bottom line. When, and I tell people this. When, when you start praying to bring people in, guess what they bring in? Yeah. They bring their baggage with them. Right. And I tell people, you're probably going to go to a church and somebody's going to say something and it's probably going to hurt your feelings because they just as messed up as the rest of us. Okay? They just are. But that was one thing we were seeing was a lot of the people we were coming in contact with didn't have a home church. And they said that. They were like, well, you know, I tried to go to church, but when I wore my leathers and they saw my tattoos and I rode my motorcycle up, I could tell automatically when I walked in the door I was being judged. I was being looked at like, why are they here? And we invite people to our church like that. And, and, and I'm talking, when I say churches, I mean churches all over invite people to church like that. But when they come in, they don't feel welcome. So that was something we've seen. And we were, we were trying to bridge that gap of giving those, those, that, that, that type of people, people that ride motorcycles, that, that want to go ride on a Sunday. They can ride while they're out riding. They can stop in after a ride and they can come to church get full of Jesus, and hopefully go out and be blessed during the week. And that's what we do. That's why we did it. We've seen a need there, that there were people that we were missing that didn't, that didn't feel comfortable coming to a normal church service, if you will, which is sad. It really is. But like I also tell them, we're all human. We all say dumb things, and you're probably going to get your feelings hurt when you come to even our church. It's just the way it is. We're all human. We're geared that way. We're all messed up. And so, you know, I tell people, don't take it personal. Try praying for that person. Try praying for that person. But that's why we started it, because there was a need. And we've seen that need with the church growing and people coming in. And it's kind of cool because now we're probably 50-50. Probably 50% of the people ride motorcycles. 50% of the people don't ride motorcycles. So it's kind of cool to see that and just integrate together. Yeah. And, you know, there's... Anytime... A church launches another or anytime there's a church planted in a city and you know you think about Weatherford and it is the buckle of the Bible Belt I mean if, if there was if it was a buckle it would be the hook in the hole like this is Christian capital of the world if you, if you really think about it as far as how we function and anytime there's a church that comes and is planted in Weatherford or Parker County there's always that eyebrow that raises up why why do you need to plan another church? We got 3,000 churches here that need people in them. It's almost like the banks. Yeah, it's like the banks, right? Why is there another <laughs> bank being built? Can we just get a good seafood place? But, amen. amen. But, uh, yeah. Uh, like, why? Why? Well, here's the reason why. Because they're able to reach people that we're not able to reach. Like, I want to reach everybody. You know, you want everybody to like you. You want everybody to come in and go, oh, my goodness, this is awesome. And God's here. And, you know, I feel comfortable with the people. But let's just face it. There's a culture within cultures. What I mean by that is like the suburbanite culture is different than the biker community culture. And the rural culture is different than the urban culture. And, and so these er, these cultural churches and that's kind of what iron faith is it's a cultural church reaches those people in a cultural way and so when god even gave these people the spirit of god and they went out and started speaking in their own language this is this is kind of the fruit from that because they're speaking the language of the biker culture and if you've been around bikers they don't speak like us you know i mean they don't speak like me they use terms and i'm like what are you talking about you know, there's there's a different culture there, you know, and, and, and what and the gospel is presented to them in a different way. 
at their own, in their own cultural way, a way they can understand and grasp and, and grab a hold of that. You know, that's why it's so important, man. Put a, there needs to be three billion churches in this town. I mean, it, there shouldn't be a, a square inch that there's not a church. That's just mine because people should, like, they have no excuse now, right? But we got to reach people for Jesus. And, you know, we'll do anything outside of sin to reach people for Jesus. And if it's launching churches, it's launching churches. If it's building small groups, it's building small groups. If it's serving in, uh, like, a center of hope, it's serving a center of hope. If it's, if it's equipping other churches in our city, which we do that. Like, we help other churches in the city that's not even tied to, to who we are because we believe in the kingdom of God, and we want to go out, and we want people to come to faith. That's what it's about. And so we got to speak their own language. we got to speak their own language. Yeah. Man, if you're a nurse, you're able to speak the language of the nurses in there. You know, I talked a couple weeks about weeks ago about Henry being able to go with me into the hospitals and pray with those nurses. He was speaking their language. I couldn't speak their language, but he was. He was coming at them at, at their level, and he was able to pour into them. And each and every one of you have a language that, that God has designed you to be able to speak into, whatever culture you're in. If you're in construction, man, you can speak to those construction people in a language they can understand. Hopefully there's not a bunch of cuss words in it. But <laughs> hey, I worked with a bunch of guys for a long time. But hey, if that's what they understand, no. But uh, you, if you're in corporate America, you can speak the language of the people in your office. If you're in college, you can speak to those college kids. Because you're at, you're where they're at. You understand where they're coming from. I mean, if you're in high school, you're understanding where those students are coming from. You are perfectly designed to reach those people around you and proclaim the wonders of God. Man, God has put his spirit in you. And, and, uh, and you know, just like with Iron Faith, God is using that to speak the language of a culture in Parker County. Just like us. You know, people come in and they're like, Oh, it's good, but I don't like the music, or I don't like this, I don't like that, I'm going to go somewhere else. And that's great. Praise God. Go find somewhere else that you feel comfortable in. Go find somewhere we can grow. And that's okay. Like, I don't like hearing that, because I want everybody to love me. <laughs> but I want, you know, it's about the kingdom of God. It's about people finding a people that they can really grow in and understand in. And so you need to be led by the Spirit so that all can hear. Um, I believe it was John Wesley who said, light yourself on fire with passion and people will come for miles to watch you burn. Yeah, uh, and, and, you know, we, we, have to, we have to light ourselves on fire and we need people around us to do that. Um, and anytime that you're on fire for God or have passion for God, you're going to face ridicule. I mean, think about these people in Acts. When they stepped out in faith and they were, they were speaking other languages, they're out there speaking in tongues to these people and their language, and they were telling them the, the, the gospel, and these other people were looking at them. Some were going, man, what does this mean? This is awesome. And then you had other people going, these people are drunk, they're crazy, they don't need to be doing this. And so I'm telling you, anytime you step out in faith to do what God has called you to do, there's going to be people who ridicule you. There's going to be people who question it. There's going to be people who don't understand uh, and, and, and they're going to come against you. And, and that's why Wesley says, man, just light yourself on fire with passion. People are going to come to watch you burn, either to watch you burn in amazement or to watch you burn to ridicule you. Amen. And, and, and as believers, man, it doesn't matter what people think. We have yeah. to go out and do what God's called us to do. I mean, when we launched this thing, there was eyebrows that were raised. I mean, even within our own... Uh, even with our own uh, fellowship, they were like, why? Why? It's inside your church why would you let them come and come inside your church like because they meet at five o'clock on sunday and you know why because bikers like to ride bikes in the morning right yeah they do <laughs> it's beautiful it's like i ain't gonna go to church at 10 30 yeah it's like it's not hot yet <laughs> and so you know they meet at five o'clock and and they come i mean they come they come and they come to, to this biker service, and, and they come, and they're, they're a part of the church, and there, there was eyes, eyebrows raised, well, are, are you charging them rent? No. Well, 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 what are you getting from them? Nothing. It's like, the, we, we, are, we are pouring out into, it's like, we didn't do this to, to make money, we didn't do this to, to raise our own self, we did this to reach the community, and, and, and so, you know, with Iron Faith, they come in, and they they have free reign of the place. You know, we just ask that they 
keep it clean. You know, that's it. And put the stuff back up. I mean, just like any parent. So as a church, that's kind of, that, that's what we are. We're the parent church. You know, they're, they're our kid. Thanks, Dad. Right? Thanks, Dad. Uh, and, you know, right now they're kind of like the college kid. They have a key to the house. They come in and they, you know. I'm broke. They, yeah, you're broke. <laughs> Dad, any money again? Yeah. Dad, you got some money. I'm hungry. Uh, yeah. And, you know, you want them to get out of the house eventually, Man. right? Man. Praise God. They'll get out of the house eventually. Uh, and but you want them to, to take that time and to grow and to develop. And, and so, you know, that's that's how we are with them. Like we want you to develop and to grow and to to be able to stand on your own and to not fall down. Um, because a lot of times, you know, people have big visions to launch a church and they'll go out and and they're not equipped. They don't have help. They don't have another church backing them. They don't have spiritual help and they fall down on their face because they just don't have that support that they need. And we don't want to be an illegitimate father, right? We don't want to, we want to take care of our children. And, and, you know, I know that's a weird term, but it's, it's the same thing. Yeah, you will. (laughs) But, you know, we want to take care of these people because God, they're precious to God and, and, and God, and we're just equipping them to do what God's called them to do. And so, uh, like I said, from day one, this thing's been an adventure. So, BJ, what are, like I talked about misconceptions and people, like, asking, you know, why, maybe even some ridicule that you guys have had or mockers. Um, I have a story I'm going to tell, but after he does. <laughs> uh, so what are some, I guess, what are some obstacles and misconceptions that people have about or that you maybe even face this year you know one of the i think one of the biggest ones is is, is people will see somebody driving their, their their motorcycle they're all tattooed up been out all day they look kind of rough and they just don't think they love jesus yeah they just don't think they love jesus just because the way they look well you know everyone has a story we all have our story to tell and, and i truly believe our stories will speak volumes of jesus Okay, if you're a Christian, and, and I believe you'll bring more people in by speaking, letting people just hear your story, than trying to slap them with the Bible. Okay, and so that's probably one of the biggest ridicules we get, it, or you know, people say, you know, why, why the biker community? Why, you know, they're just rough. They don't care. They do their own thing. They have, like Neil said, they have, they're their own culture. No, they just that's not true. You know, they're your they're your, the police officer, firefighters, doctors, lawyers, you know, construction workers. You're your everyday American that just goes out and works. And maybe he has a few tattoos. Maybe he rides a motorcycle. Maybe he rides a new one. Maybe he rides one that you were like, I would not take that thing on a trip. <laughs> but people yeah. see that and they pass judgment, if you will. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is, is we, we get is, is it's a biker church. I can't go there because I don't ride. Well, that's not true either, because like I said, probably it's probably 50-50 or close of people that ride that don't ride. It, I, I love it because as, as, as we've, we've started and, and we've, we've grown, we were probably, I guess, maybe what you would, would consider mainly a, a younger body of Christians, I guess, going below 45 and below. <laughs> had to get me in there younger keeps getting a lot younger yeah, yeah. or older yeah, yeah. <laughs> the number will keep going up <laughs> but we have we have several older people that have started coming to our church and it's because some of our guys were at a restaurant and noticed one of them and walked over and they got to talking and he's like can i pray for you and and, and it's one of our i guess I, I don't know how old he is but the lady's probably got a good 30 or 40 years on him and they started coming, and she started bringing her friends. And so it's stuff like that people don't realize is that we're a church, just like you guys. We cater because we have, and that's the other thing, you know, people, it's Iron Faith Biker Church, and they're like, oh, my gosh, it's just a bunch of bikers, a bunch of crazy people go to that church, <laughs> you know. But that's not it, you know. And so it's really neat to see how even even we have evolved, if you will, from, you know, the core group being a lot of people that ride to now we're people that don't ride yeah it's good and yeah we get that too because i run into people in the community and 
They're like, oh, I'm, I'm right here across from Hall Middle School. Isn't that a biker church? I'm like, well, yes and no. <laughs> it's like, and, and so it, it, caused like, it caused confusion because, you know, we are two churches meeting in the same building. And, you know, we're good with that. Like, I'm okay with the confusion because people are getting saved. People are getting, you know, coming to faith. And, um, and, and it may look different than a lot of churches, but it's, it's what God's called us to do. And so we're going to continue to do that. And, you know, I don't know, when God leads you guys out and you get your own building, uh, who knows? I mean, we may launch something else. I mean, we, we feel that that's who we are as a body. I mean, we are, we're called to, to plant churches and to revitalize communities and to, you know, help train missionaries and send them out. And, man, it's been, a, it's been crazy, and this isn't even in my notes, but kept thinking about missionaries. Within just the last two months, I've had four people come up to me and say, man, I feel like God's calling me in the mission field. And never before has, has people even thought about it. And, and, but then the last two months, and, and it's, peop- it's core people in the church. And I'm like, no, you can't leave. <laughs> no, I need you here, you know. But, but it's like, man, God, I feel like God's calling me to the mission field, and, and I need to go here. And I'm really feeling that call. And, and, and I see it in them. And I'm like, yeah, let's, let's do what we can do. You know, let's, let's help you get there. Let's, let's equip you. Let's train you. Let's send you the, the resources that you need. Um, because as they're reaching people for Christ, we're reaching people for Christ. You know, we're all in this together, and so it's a beautiful thing. And in and, and a little bit, we're going to have Holly Tucker come over, and she's a missionary to Spain. She, right now, she's pouring into the kids over there, and it, it kind of all ties in how, how we're able to go out and just reach people for Jesus by just simply equipping and sending people out and supplying their needs. Um, and so it's just a, it's a, it's a great thing. So here's a question for you, uh, a couple last questions. What's the one thing, here's the hard ones, Uh-oh. okay. What's the one thing you would like to tell Waterhouse Church? Thank you. That's really from the bottom of my heart, and, and I know from my team and, and from those that have, have been with Iron Faith from the beginning, because if it, if it hadn't been for, for the support of Waterhouse, and, and, and seeing and Pastor Neil walking alongside of me and, and helping me because I didn't know anything about planning a church. Nothing. Sounds fun, right? Yeah, sounds, sounds okay, fun. Okay, start. So start. <laughs> but no, great. No, yeah. but, but, but Pastor Neil walked yeah. with us. You know, Waterhouse sewed into it. They've been a part of it. We, I mean, they, they did a call of, hey, they're going to need help. They're going to need support. They're going to need workers, you know had commitments from you guys that, that helped yeah. us and y'all, a lot of y'all came for first several months to help us get things rolling and going and it was just a blessing to do that because we wouldn't have been able to do it without y'all yeah. I mean if and you know letting us use the facilities that's huge if anybody's tried to purchase you know talk to the realtor up here in the front purchase anything <laughs> in Parker County you know it's it's it's, it's prime it's, crazy. it's prime real estate yeah. in Parker County yeah. you know you want to sell it's a seller's market right now. I'm a little about a buyer's market, but it's a seller's market. <laughs> yeah, oh, you can be a buyer too. <laughs> but that's and so that has blessed us because we've been able to start saving and 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 you know waiting and praying about our own house, our own place to meet, yeah. our own place to go. Because I know God has that place for us. You know, He does. He has a place for Iron Faith that's going to meet what we need. Mm-hmm. You know, and so. That's just God. great. It's just been a blessing that Waterhouse has just been phenomenal to us and helping us grow. Yeah. Amen. Awesome. So, real quick, maybe share a couple stories of uh, like what God has kind of done this past year in in Iron Faith Church. So. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's one of those yeah. things. It's like, so we were, we, and I think it was probably within the first several days, several, I say days, several Sundays that we launched, we were getting complained on. We got complained on. Yeah. We did. by, And, it, and I'll just tell you, it was a guy had a big Trump flag on the back of his motorcycle. Okay. If y'all know it, bikers are patriotic. You know, they, they love their country <laughs> and stuff. They do. <laughs> this one had probably something that wasn't appropriate to go along with that. But people in the community called and complained. 
I got that email too. You know, and so it was one of those things where, you know, we didn't go and just chastise the guy. Mm-mm. We prayed about it. We loved on him. We had a plan in place that if it came back, you know, to make it a little more discreet and stuff like that. But after about the third time of he coming, the flag disappeared on its own. And that was, that was an answered prayer for us. Because, yeah. you know, that, that person needed to be in the church. He needed to be in the church. Yeah. And we could approach it totally different, and I truly believe if we would have, the person would not be no. still in our church today. No. I mean, and so when you see that, when you see people that are hurting, and you guys see it here too, yeah. that, that give their life to Christ, that rededicate their life to Christ, you know, one of the greatest things, uh, the moments we had, we had a, we had a, I think it was about eight years old. He kicked off our, our baptisms. Little eight-year-old boy wanted to be baptized. And then after that, it seems like every month we're having a baptism service. Yeah. And that is awesome to see people do that. It's awesome to see people rededicate their life to Christ. It's awesome to see people come in and say, this is what I used to worship. I don't want to do that no more. Yeah. I don't want to do that no more. It's, it, you know, we have people that, you know, come in and say, this is my past. I don't want to live like that no more. And so just to see people giving their life to Christ and a true change in them is probably the most amazing thing I, I, I think we see. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I will say this about the biker community. Uh, I use the word community because they understand what it is. Um, I think it was the day we launched Iron Faith and some other biker churches had come and right. been a part of it. And y'all had a dinner afterwards. I walk out there and like, Brother Neil, come give me a hug. And there's like 30 of them and like all these burly guys with <laughs> they huggers. leathers. They huggers. Know, and they, 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 they just smothered me, you know. And this is the middle of the pandemic and I'm like, you know, like, oh my gosh. And it, but it's, but they're, they just, they, they get it, you know. And, and so, it's 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 an amazing thing what God has done, and you know we're not all about numbers here, you know. But we you have what 50, 60, we have 50, 60. every week. You know, if you like know, Pastor yeah. Neil, if all y'all would show up on the same Sunday, yeah. we would pack the house. Could, yeah, right. <laughs> so y'all watch. Yeah, we all online right now. We'll see you next week, and you right. guys will see on. you all the week after. <laughs> it's kind of how it works. It's like one week. You know, it's like it is what it is, man. Um, but yeah, that's just an amazing story, and you're even telling me about uh, someone that um, they they were worshiping. You know, you said they were worshiping something before. Right. You know, they were they're heavy into witchcraft things like that. But now, man, man God has moved their life and turned it around. And man, it's just an active amazing. In, they're thing. active in the church. Yeah, they're active. Play a huge faithful, role. And yeah, that's that's only God can do that. Amen. And so, amen. And back to the email. Um, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure it was a neighbor person, and if you're watching online, neighbor person, that person loves Jesus. Amen. And I got an email, and they kind of threw our values back in our face because they got on our website. And was like, hey, if you really want to be a place where people can come and feel comfortable, you need to tell your congregants to leave their blank F, you know, tr- F, F your feelings home flag at home. I tried to yeah. leave it out. Yeah, okay? I'm, I'm just going to say it. You know? I tried to leave it just yeah, out. Tell them to leave you know, their Trump 2020 F your feelings flag at home. And, you know, at first, I'm like, I wanted to, I wanted to email her back, or whoever it was, and kind of rip into them. Uh, kind of rip into them, and, and I just had to take a breath. I'm like, no, these are the people we're trying to reach. Amen. Amen. And, and you know, I, w- I wanted to email and say, hey, will you help me pray for our friend because he needs Jesus? And, you know, and I see that, that guy. He's here every week, every week. He's faithful. He moves chairs. Like, he does things in the church, and God's growing him. God's changing him. That's the power of the gospel. That's man. the power, man. And, but we have, to, we have to speak their language. we got to reach them, you know, because any other, you know, if they, I'm not going to say this about, I don't know how the churches function, but more than likely, if he was to show up at another church with that flag on, they would run him out. Or they would say, sir, you need to go take that flag down. Or, you know, you can be here, but, you know, but, there's always that, you can be here, but, you know, 
and, and we feel the same way here in Waterhouse. There is no buts. It's like you can be here, all right? And, and so it's the same thing there. So um, next question. Tough one. What would you say is your greatest need right now? That is tough. I mean, it is because first thing you want to say is we in our own building. <laughs> but you know, yeah. We, we and then you know when you think about it on, on on a spiritual side, not a material side. I mean, we need our own building. We do. Don't get me wrong. We do need that. But you know, you want to see all your your congregation just be filled full of the spirit. Yeah. You know that's and that's that, and that's just you know just. I, I would love to see no empty chairs, you know. The, pe the people yeah. coming in, you know, um, gosh, there's so much, you know, of course, we always need a bigger bank account. Yeah. You know, and, <laughs> and, and I say that because it's true. We all have bills, right? Yeah. If we want a building, we're going to have bills, things like that. But it's just true. So, man, that's hard. That's tough to say what your greatest need, you know, uh, I, I think it's not maybe it's not a need. It's probably maybe it's more of a, a want. I want our church to impact the community even more yeah. during this next year. Yeah. You know, I want us to grow more in, in the building and then outside the building where we're touching more lives. Yeah. You know, I want us to be, I want our, our spiritual cups to be full where they're overflowing and somebody else can take a drink out of it. Amen. That's what I want. Yeah. That's what I want. Good. Good. Now, you guys, yesterday, y'all just had a fun run for a family that uh, you've been a part of for a long time. Uh, so just tell us a little bit about that family and how, uh, how Iron Faith has really been able to bless them, I mean, every year, but this year. So, so this year we held our, our eighth annual Faith, we call it Faith Hope Family uh, Motorcycle Slash Car Fun Run because we got some people that drive in it. And... Uh, we, and, and we've, we've seen it grow and be blessed every year. And we had more bikes this year than we did the year before. And that's our goal is to just continue to grow it, grow it, grow it. Um, if you've never met the Turner family, I'll, I'll tell you all this. They're, they're an awesome children's home right here in, in, in Parker County. They're, they're just right outside of Weatherford. Um, they take no state or government assistance. No. They take none of that. Um, and there's, there's reasons before that, before that reason, there's reasons they do that. Um, I serve on their board. Um, but they, they take in, I mean, they've, they've made two trips to, to a women's prison down in Houston and, 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 and literally got the babies right after they were born in prison. And they're usually, they're usually drug babies and things like that. And so for us to be able to part of that and just bless them, we had like over close to 60 or plus motorcycles because some people come and go. Um, I haven't had a, a total yet, but I, I'm believing it's going to be our, our biggest year to financially bless them. I mean, it's, it's going to be amazing. Um, and I say that because they don't take any government assistance. They, 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 you know, they do a couple different fundraisers throughout the years. And then Toby and Holly... I know Toby Horks, um, they have nine kids now, seven, seven kids. Okay, so two of them are old enough now that they've kind of moved out on their own and a grandbaby. So they got seven kids, and they're all from probably 10 and below. And so you can imagine the needs of their home, the needs that they have financially. And so just being able to small part of that and seeing them, them grow up and, um, and, it, and it still it breaks my heart, but it also makes me smile, me and Lee, here had the opportunity to go over to the hospital a couple of years ago when when a mother walked out of the hospital after she had the baby just up I don't, I'm, I'm just I'm just picturing it she takes her IVs out and she's gone just walks out and the hospital calls them up because they knew Toby and Holly somebody over there did and says hey we've got a baby over here you know we don't, we don't have no place to put them no family no nothing and the baby I, you know I'm, I can't speak Henry's Henry's you know language but it was in, in an incubator looking thing you know because it was a drug baby you know and the only way they could touch it was through the little gloves and different things like that and and they were they allowed uh, the NIC unit there we go it was in a NIC unit and so they allowed me and Lee to go in there in the NIC unit and and, and pray for that that little baby that was I mean little and 
you know, to see her now probably three years old or so up here yesterday running around riding a tricycle and, and just going crazy and doing what kids do, it's just amazing. Yeah. And, you know, we get to be a very small part of that, that family's life throughout the year on doing different functions and stuff for them. And, and I'll tell you, they're going to be at our church next Sunday, and we're going to present them a check with whatever the proceeds were from our fun run. And I encourage you, if you ever wanted to, to support a children's home or, or figure out how to get involved in, in with, with some, some kids, come next Sunday and, and, and hear about them because we're going to let them talk and, and, and tell people because we have new people at our church that don't even know who they are. So they're going to be at our church on Sunday at 5 o'clock. I encourage you to come see them. That's good. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Here. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they're able to reach people, you know, that, that we're not able to reach. And, and it's just been a blessing uh, just to see all God does. You know, us when we drive by here, we, me and Debbie don't come every Sunday, but when we drive by here at 5 o'clock and you see – you see the cars, you see the bikes, you see people lining up, and it just brings a smile, you know, because it's like, what, wow, we get to just be a part of that, man. Just, just to, that God allowed us to even be a part of that is so amazing. And, you know, so I want to say thank you to you guys because, man. you know, without y'all, without all of us working together, this, this would never happen, man. You know, yeah. financially, spiritually, you know, even on the mentor level. It, it couldn't happen without everybody doing it together. We're all in this together, and it takes everybody working together. Man. And so I'm just looking forward to seeing what God does. And so last question, where do you see yourself in two years as a church? As a church. <laughs> I want to say I see myself retired. All right, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in, in two years, like I said, I, I hope that, that we, we're, we're bigger, we're larger. Of course, we, you know, every pastor wants their church to grow, you know, Um I want us impacting the, 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 the community around us. You know, I want to be able to do more for Toby and Holly, for the children's home. You know, uh, we help at a, at a food bank out, out in the county at a, at a small church. You know, I want to be able to do more stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I would love to have our own building, you know, our own place that people can come and, 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 you know, feel comfortable, which they do here now. But, you know, I know good parents, they always want their kids out of the house, you know. You know, and God has, like I said, God has that place for us. And, you know, we're praying for that place. And so I see us in two years bigger and better. Yeah. You know, more mature, I guess, hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. The church, not me. Uh, the yeah, church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you always want your kids to grow up and be mature. Right? <laughs> right? Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I say that so we know what to pray for. Amen. So we know what to do. And, uh, you know, we are behind y'all 100%. And, uh, you know, we want to we wanna be good parents. Amen. And so looking forward to it. So I just want to I want to close this time with BJ and, and and Karen and can we get all of them up right here? What I want to do is I just want to pray over them and their leadership that's here right now. So if you guys can come up, uh, we're gonna pray for them and then just ask God to continue to do what God's already done, but even more so. Come on up, guys. Don't be scared. Yeah, come on. I'm going to pray for Karen. Sean, get up here. <laughs> you know, I, I look at, at these guys here and There's a foundation that's been poured within the last year. And, and you guys are part of that foundation. And, um, and so consider yourselves as part of that foundation, knowing that, man, God has placed you here at this moment, at this time, to help build the kingdom through this church. Yeah. And so I pray that you guys are just un united together that you are strong together, that you have the same one, the same mind, the same unity as Christ Jesus. And, you know, we're just going to pray that God would bless you, not just physically bless you, but spiritually bless yeah. you, that you, you'd be just more mature and growing and more active in that, man, that you guys go and change the world, because yeah. I believe that. All right, let's pray. Father God, I thank you for Iron Faith Church.
Lord, I thank you for uh, what you're doing through them, God. We just lift up the name of Jesus right now, God, and we ask for you to, to bless this church, God. Let it grow greater and, and more fervently, God. I pray that they would grow in spiritual maturity, Father God, that they would understand who they are in you. God, that their identity would become, I'm Jesus, I'm with Jesus, God, and nothing else. God, that they would be firm on, on their beliefs, that they would know truly, God, of what you've done for them, that they would live free, God, truly live free, that they would understand your power, God, that they would be filled with your spirit, Lord, that they would go out without hindrance, God, that they would know that, that you're going to be with them, God, that they would know that, that what you've called them to do is not a risk, God, but it's an adventure. And God, we ask you to go and to, to do an adventure through this church and through this body, God. I pray that it would multiply, God, that it would launch churches, that it would go out, God, that it would multiply, God, because you are a multiplication God. God, you are a God that multiplies. And God, thank you for allowing us to be a part of it. Lord, I lift up BJ to you. God, I pray that you give him wisdom and strength. God, for the days that he wants to give up, for the days that he doesn't have the energy, for the days that he just is feeling overwhelmed, God, I pray that your spirit would come down and just remind him of the calling of God that's placed in his life. God, I pray that, that when he is tired and wore out, God, that you give him spiritual energy. God, I pray for the leadership of this church. God, that there would be no dissension among it for anything. God, that it would be united and strong. God, that there would be a tight-knit unit, God, with their eyes fixed on you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you for the calling of God that you placed on this church. Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do and what you have done already. God, we thank you for the freedom that is found through your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Thank you guys for praying. Thank you. Thank you, BJ. So, as these guys disperse, um, I don't see Holly. Is she over here? Oh, where is she? there you are. You're blending in. Come up here, Holly. Before we close service, um, I want to I want to let you know a little bit about Holly, um, and she's just gonna. We got a few minutes, so. Um, I'm going to let you talk about what God's doing in Spain. And Holly, for those who do not know Holly, her father was a pastor before I became the pastor here. He was my spiritual mentor. Uh, he, uh, uh, he is a spiritual father to me, and I would not be here if it wasn't for his pouring into me, him trusting in what God has called and seen in me. And so I'm super thankful for her father's role in my life and and, and she is serving uh, in Spain and wanting to get back to Spain. You want to get back to Spain, right? Yes. Yeah. Tired of Texas for some reason. <laughs> but I want to get back to Spain. And so just tell us a little bit real quick what you're doing in Spain and how we can partner with you to help you get back there. All right. So I served for two years um, in Madrid, Spain. I served at the International Church there in Madrid, and I led their kids' ministry. So every week I got to teach the kids at church about Jesus, and I got to invest in their families and in the volunteers that I led as well. Um, I had discipleship times with them um, and with the families, and I was there for those that needed um, compassionate type care. There was one of our volunteers that uh, she had come from Mexico, and um, she didn't have any family in Spain. But while she was there, she had come to play soccer. And not long after she started volunteering with our kids' team, she was injured. And so she had ended up having to have surgery. And so I was able to be there for her during that time um, and to go to the hospital um, while she was in surgery. And I was able to disciple her through that. Uh, we have another uh, family in our church. Um, their names are um, Natalie and Jessied. And Natalie, she is actually from the States, and she came over to Madrid to work. But when she came to Madrid, she was not um, a Christian. And so she got connected with some um, individuals within our church, and we were able to disciple her um, and she made the decision to follow Christ. And when I got to Madrid, um, she was already part of our kids' team. And so I got to see her be baptized. Um, and now she is leading the kids' ministry over there. And her husband is serving at the church. And right now they're getting ready to have their first child. 
Um, and so it's a really good way for us to see what God is doing and the people that he's getting, um, he's bringing along for us to um, reach out to and to help them to know Christ and to disciple them so that they can um, be uh, serve in ministry as well. Um, one of the other ministries that I was able to serve with also was called On the Red Box. And this was a street evangelism ministry. So we would go out in the middle of this um, main square in Madrid called um, Puerta del Sol. And we would go and we would stand on a box um, and we would preach gospel messages just four or five minutes. And then we would go and talk to people about Jesus. And we had, because uh, Madrid is an international city, so we had people from all over the world that would come to Madrid and they would have the opportunity to know Christ. And uh, we have people from places, from countries that we're not able to go to that don't have access to the gospel. And even now, especially with things going on in the Middle East, there's more people that are coming in, whether through immigration or refugees, things like that. And we get the opportunity to tell them about Jesus. Um, and so those are some of the things that I was able to do while I was there. Um, and so I just wanted to take a quick minute to um, explain how I am able to get back um, to Spain. So for the Assemblies of God, the way that they require their missionaries um, to get to their countries is we have to raise our budget. So we have a cash budget and a monthly budget. And so our cash budget is what gets us on the field and the monthly budget is what keeps us there once we get there. Um, and so thankfully, I have all of my cash budget. And so I just have about 20% of my monthly budget, and then I'll be able to head back to the field. Um, so you can um, partner with me that way, but also through your prayers, like because your prayers are more important than anything. Um, and because of the things that we do, um, just being a missionary is hard, but also like the spiritual battles that we face as we're trying to help people to know Jesus, your prayers are what change things, change lives. And so having your partnership in prayer is so important. So thank you. So here's how you can help Holly. Um, at the end of service, she's going to she's got a little table out there. Um, you can pick up one of her cards. You could support her monthly. Um, and then also... Um, if you want to help, we support her monthly as a church. Uh, we, we send her out monthly as a church. Um, but it's, it's always cool, because me and my family do this, to have some missionaries that we personally support monthly. We put their cards on our, on our fridge, and it's nice when you're getting your milk or whatever, and you're like, hey, these people are here. They remind you to pray for them. Um, and so we love it when you guys take the initiative and support people on your own, um, because there's just something about doing that. And so... Uh, Thank you all so much for your support. And I just want to praise out this morning. I know it was a little different today. You weren't really expecting this, but um, we just want to showcase kind of what God is doing, what God has done. And then tonight at 5 o'clock, Iron Faith's meeting back here. They're going to have, I don't know if you have food for everybody to show up, maybe. I know you all made some, they made brisket. So, hey, brisket for the brisket, right? Um, so. Uh, they have brisket tonight. Uh, they're going to have a good time. They're going to have a big block party. Um, and so if you guys want to come help celebrate, that'd be good. Um, so let's just pray. Father God, I thank you for today, God. I thank you for what you're doing uh, within this church. God, I thank you for, for Iron Faith Church. God, I thank you for Holly Tucker. I thank you for missionaries, God, that put their lives on the line and go out into places where nobody else would go. God, we know Spain is full of people that need to know the gospel. There's people in Spain, God, that have no idea who you are. God, Islam is growing at a remarkable rate in Spain. It's because these people are being sent out from their countries that are under turmoil and under war. And God, I pray that as they reach there, that you would use Holly, use those churches there in Spain to reach them and to tell them the truth about the gospel. God, I pray for Iron Faith Church that they would go out and continue to do what you've called them to do. God, that they would speak the language of the culture around them. God, that they would just be a force to reckon with in the kingdom of God. Lord, I thank you for the people of this church. God, that you've called them and you've called us to go out, that you've put a flame in us. God, and we are to go and to burn with passion and, and to go and to share the gospel. We thank you, Father, for all that you're doing, all that you've done, 
God, now send us out. God, put a passion in our hearts. Put a fire in our souls, God, for these people around us that do not know you. God, I pray that we would go out and we would speak the language of the people around us. God, that we would speak up and not be fearful. God, that we would go out and proclaim the goodness of God through the world. We thank you and we love you and want to serve you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for being here this morning.